Hello everybody, how are you? I'm okay. Um, yeah, fine. Uh, except, of course, uh, if you look outside. Just look outside now, what can you see? It's raining. Yeah, I know, it's not very impressive, is it? It's There are dark clouds. best pleased I'm not best pleased at all um so mind you I've managed to get outside with the boys we did a um, biology lesson today um so I had a, a, a just flash of inspiration and we went out got a load of different leaves and collected them all together and then we sat down with them and then I got um, a plant app and then we sat down and um, sort of you take a picture of them and then you can find out what each leaf is from, which plant it's from. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So that, that was our biology lesson. And again, it tells you what it is, tells you whether or not it's toxic, whether or not it can kill you. It's fantastic. It's a great lesson. I am a fantastic biology teacher. So, yeah, it was wonderful. Um, yeah, I really, actually, I really, really enjoyed it. It was, it was lots of fun. So, today's lesson. Today's lesson. Uh, not lesson. Today's sonnet. Okay, today's sonnet is sonnet 32. Sonnet 32. Let me get my seeing glasses on. I, I really remind me, please. Really must give my glasses a proper wipe. Okay, there we go. If thou survive my well contented day, when that churl death my bones with dust shall cover. And shalt by fortune once more resurvey these poor rude lines of thy deceased lover. Compare them with the bettering of the time, and though they be outstripped by every pen, reserve them for my love, not for thy rhyme. Exceed by the height of happier men. Oh, vouchsafe me but this loving thought. Had my friend's muse grown with this growing age, a dearer birth than this his love had brought to march in ranks of better equipage. But since he died and poets better prove Theirs for style I'll read. His for his love. Okay. So. It's, it's a, another emo one. I'm going to, you know. Basically, Shakespeare is just having a bit of a worry that his, you know, he's going to die and the fair youth is going to um, 
that his these poems, these sonnets that he's going to have written are going to be forgotten by the, the young youth. Obviously, because he's so much younger than, than him, that some other poet is going to come along and write other poems. Let's have a look at it. If thou survive my well-contented day, when that chill death my bones with dust shall cover. If you survive me, living on after dust covers my bones, and you should happen to read over again these poor crude sonnets, uh, written by the man who loved you once. <laughs> these poor, These poor crude sonnets Again, a little bit of false modesty going on. I shall just try just to keep the, the vomit down when he's doing these, these poor, crude sonnets. Now, you know, I realise that at the time, obviously, Shakespeare wasn't as famous, as massively famous as he is now. I get that. I get that. But he was doing okay. You know, Queen Elizabeth did like his plays. He had some sort of notoriety. And I would have thought that he had some sort of understanding of his talent. So to say, you know, these poor crude sonnets, really? Really? Anyway, and shalt by fortune once more resurvey these poor rude lines of thy deceased lover. Uh, remember thing. Um, these poor crude sonnets written by the man who once, uh, once loved you. Compare them with the bettering of the time. And though they be outstripped by every pen, reserve them for my love and not for thy rhyme. So even, um, reserve them for my love and not for thy rhyme, exceeded by the height of happier men. Okay, right. So remember that things have improved when you're when you're there, and I'm dead. Remember that things have improved since you know Shakespeare has been around since since Shakespeare's death. Poetry has improved, and so remember that when when Shakespeare was writing them, poetry was at this particular level, and and grade it to that level. Um, so any, so even though any poet could write, today could write better sonnets, keeps my poems for the sake of my love, not for my skill, which luckier men may have surpassed. Oh, then vouchsafe me but this loving thought. Had my friends muse grown with this growing age? And grant me this loving thought. 
if my friend's inspiration was paired with the advantages today's poets have, um, uh, a dearer's birth than this his love had brought to marching ranks of better equipage. His love would have brought forth better poems than these to rank aside, rank alongside those of better poets. So if my friend's inspiration was paired with the advantages of today's poets have, his love would have brought forth better poems than these to rank alongside those of better poets. But since he died and poets better prove there for style I'll read, his for love. But since he died and poets are better now, I'll read their poems for style, his for love. Yeah, so Shakespeare is worried that he'll die and these poems he's written praising the youth will be forgotten in favour of finer, newer poems by a load of younger admirers with better poetry. (laughs) Better, bigger muscles and better poetry. Um, So yeah, I think maybe he's feeling, Shakespeare's feeling just a little bit old, just a little bit insecure and doing that thing that he does about, you know, oh, my poetry is just so crude. Um, and he's doing that thing about doing the, oh, I'm, I'm just a modest poet, um, to prove his love, to show his love. Um, and, and just to sort of emphasise the strength of his love that he bears the youth. And he's saying, you know, um, my, my poems are not much but they are from the heart. These simple poetry, these these simple sonnets, aren't much, but they're from the heart. Um, They're not clever, but they're from the heart, type of thing. Um, You know, they're not gold, are they? But, you know, but they're from the heart. Um, so, yes, um, which it's like, I don't know, it's like if I was to do a painting and then you've got maybe, I don't know, Leonardo da Vinci doing a painting and him, then him going, oh, well, yeah, well, I'm... I'm just a modest painter. You know, that type of thing makes me just want to punch them in the face. Because obviously, they're going to be so much better than you. And you just, you don't want them. You just don't want that kind of false modesty. Do you? Because it makes you feel bad. You know that, you know that they're good. They know that they're good. And, and to say anything other is just a ridiculousness. 
um, you know, it's silly and it makes you feel, again, it's that thing, it's, you know, if you can lie about that, then you, then what are you lying about? It kind of makes it all false, doesn't it? It makes it feel like a, a construct. You know, if he can say, if he can say this and it, and it, it, this be false, then it kind of makes it sound like something that he just says and it's not true. It's a bit too smooth, if you ask me. Um, it makes him sound like an operator. Right. Okay. So. But that, you know, again, that is, this is just my interpretation. Um, And again, that is, that could just be my 21st century female cynical interpretation of Shakespeare. Um, And it, you know, I, I could be completely wrong. I probably am. You know. Now, so today we are going to talk about um, uh, somebody else. We're going to talk about Oscar Wilde, um, another operator, somebody else who was um, complete. He was, he was, you know, a complete charmer. Um, he was an Irish poet and playwright. Um, and in the 1890s, he was the most popular playwright in London. Um, he wrote um, a fantastic uh, play called The Picture of Dorian Gray. This play always reminds me of my dad um, because the play, I don't know if you've heard of it, but let me just give you a quick push. The play is about a man who always looks the same age. Um, very much like my dad. My dad has looked kind of like the same age for years. Just for years, has always looked eternally youthful. Um, doesn't look his age at all. My dad is 60, blah, 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 eight now. And he doesn't look it. He looks very young. I mean, it doesn't help that he is incredibly immature and, you know, does really crazy things. Like he broke his collarbone um, on, a, like going on a skateboard and stuff like that. He's crazy, absolutely mental um, and totally immature. Is, is incredibly, you know, he's a complete Peter Pan person. Very, very silly. Wonderful, but very, very silly. Um, my poor mum, honestly. I wouldn't be surprised if she was a complete drinker on the side. Um, anyway, so Dorian Gray, let's get back to that. Dorian Gray. Okay, so nobody knows, you know, um, why this man, he just looks, he just looks so young. Nobody, you know, nobody understands it, why he looks so young. And then eventually... Somebody finds out. I mean, and we're talking about for years and years and years and years and years and years and years. And eventually, somebody finds a picture of Dorian Gray upstairs in the attic. But this picture is of a very, very, 
very old man. And that's what's happened. The picture gets really, really old and the man doesn't. Um, and it's some sort of deal with the devil or something, some sort of Faustian thing. Dr. Faust thing, talk to my year sevens. They know, they know Faust. Because um, they're brilliant. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's, it's something really, really clever whereby um, through some sort of dark magic, the picture gets older but the, the man doesn't. It's very clever, very clever. And then there's something, uh, that there's a um, really great play called The Importance of Being Earnest, where you have the fantastic line, um, handbag. It's absolutely brilliant, love it. Um, and to lose one parent is, is it, to lose one parent is, unfortunate to lose two I can't remember I need to find it I'm going to leave it there because I, I can't remember but it's oh yeah anyway so this bo boy grows up um he's a foundling basically he he is found in in a train station um and it's 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 you know hilarity ensues but it's a very good um, play, la di da di da di, very very clever. But Oscar Wilde, uh, born 16, uh, 16th of October 1854, 30th of November to 30th of November 1900s, lived his life, you know, to the fullest. To the fullest. Uh, he was married, however, and did have children, however. You know, he lived his life quite um, unapologetically, um, uh, and not everybody agreed with the way that he lived his life. And um, after a quarrel with Oscar's lover's father, um, Oscar was imprisoned um, because Oscar's lover was a man, and. Oscar was imprisoned um, for gross indecency and then sentenced to two years hard labour in prison. Um, on release from prison, because you could be put in prison for being um, a homosexual, for being gay, um, back in the day. Um, on release for prison, uh, Wilde's health um, had suffered greatly and he left the UK never to return um, because he felt so betrayed by his country. Um, he sailed to France um, and eventually he died of meningitis. Um, you know, he had a sort of complete realisation um, about how he had got himself uh, really sort of in that kind of position um, um, of um, of um, getting himself into into jail because he had pretty much um, been really public about 
um, being homosexual and in those days just wasn't done just wasn't done um, and um, the father of Oscar's lover um, just um, outed him and Oscar Wilde refused to be challenged absolutely refused to be challenged and um, because of that Oscar paid for it Um, eventually he died of meningitis however in um, 2017 um, Oscar was one of the 50,000 men who was um, pardoned um, for uh, being a homosexual. Um, I'm just trying to find it. Um, yeah, for being a homosexual, because it was it's no longer considered uh, an offence. Um, um, in 1917. 1917 is quite, <laughs> quite uh, sorry, in 2017. Um, this act is informally known as the Alan Turing Act. Um, Alan Turing uh, uh, um, is the guy who um, helped during the Second World War. Um, he's on one of the notes. He's one, on one of, one of the, the, the money, some of the money. Um, and I think he was responsible for um, the was he something to do with the Enigma, um, de- de- like de- decoding, so like it's a, a Nazi code or something like that during the Second World War. I think that's him. Right. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to have a look at Oscar Wilde's one of Oscar Wilde's poems. Like I say, he was. Uh, an amazing he, he did some amazing poems um, and, and um, plays but this poem that I've chosen is a really gentle one um, and um, it was written in the 1880s well whilst he was still up and coming um, yeah and it's called Requies Requiescat. I've said that wrong. Requiescat. There we go. And I'll, I'll, talk, I'll read it to you first, um, and then I'll talk to you about it. Tread lightly. She is near. Under the snow. Speak gently. She can hear. The daisies grow. All her bright golden hair tarnished with rust she that was young and fair fallen to dust lily like white as snow she hardly knew she was a woman 
so sweetly she grows. Coffin board, heavy stone, lie on her breast. I vex my heart alone. She is at rest. Peace, peace. She cannot hear. Lyre or sonnet. All my life's buried here. Heath, earth on it. Right, so. Requiescat is from the Latin for may he or she rest in peace. Okay, which um, is a clue really to the poem's meaning. Um, it's a it's a short poem which is about a dead one who is now buried underground. And this poem was written for his own sister. Um, Isola Wilde was nine years old when she died while recovering from a fever. Um, and so um, he was just, yeah, so he was just a, a boy of 12. Um, and so he, he's kind of written this as a sort of poetic tribute to her. Um, And I think it's absolutely beautiful, actually. Um, And I think it's a really good um, example of how Poems can be uh, quite simple um, and quite um, unwordy. Is, is that a word? That's not really a thing. But um, quite simple, um, quite beautiful. Um, quite direct. Um, And I, I think you know they probably. I think that it probably um, gave him a lot of um, solace writing this poem about his sister. Um, uh, and like I said, it's it's one of his his finest poems Um, and if you compare this to Shakespeare's one you know there is no um, there is there is nothing here talking about um, oh this isn't you know my my poetry isn't very good here blah 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 here the words are just very simple just relies uh, 
very much um, on on the words, um, creating a picture. It doesn't need anything else. It's very um, it's very simple. Lily white, sorry, lily like white as snow. So, um, very simple, very simple. Okay, 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 okay. So, um, I hope you're all right. What are we, are we in the middle of the week? I think we're in the middle of the week. Um, I think so, I'm kind of lost. I think it's Wednesday. I think it's Wednesday. Um, this is the problem when it rains. I kind of lose myself. Uh, but I hope you're okay. It might be Tuesday, whatever day it is. Um, I hope you're okay. Um, and uh, I will see you tomorrow. I'll find another poem for tomorrow. Maybe something a bit more jolly. I'll find you something a bit more jolly t- for tomorrow. Yep, but I hope you're okay. And um, I, hope it's, oh, I hope it's sunny tomorrow. I'd like to go out for a bike ride tomorrow. That's what I'd like to do. Uh, you take care. You can get in touch with me on karen.vanderhoven at Turner Schools. I've forgotten then. .com. Take care, guys. Bye. Oh, stay in. Uh, stay well. Stay gorgeous. Almost forgot. Bye.